a long time ago. It's the ship that made the castle run in less than 12 parts and the great disturbance of the force. I told you she would never partially betray the rebellion. That's no move. Caught in a trap and it's pulling us in. Marvel Comics Group, at last, beyond the movie, beyond the galaxy, Star Wars! Keep firing, Chewie, or this whole planet is doomed. Not to mention us, the behemoth from below. Stan Lee presents Star Wars, the greatest space fantasy of all. Continuing the saga begun in the film by George Lucas, behemoth from the world below. Han Solo's job seems simple enough. Get together a band of alien warriors and save a village from the outlaw, Surge, Ex Arrogantus and his marauding cloud writers. But in the original deal, no one said anything about a monster. And thus begins Star Wars Volume 1, Issue Number 10. Donald Glut, Howard Chenkin, and Roy Thomas are our writers. Tom Palmer, Howard Chenkin, and Alan Copperberg are our pencilers. Tom Palmer is our inker. Our letterer is John Costanza. Colorist is Francois Moulet. Cover artist is Rick Hoberg. And our editor is Roy Thomas. This issue came out in January of 1978. The Old One has summoned the Behemoth, a giant reptilian monster, to defend the village Anakra from the villainous Cloud Riders. Serge X. Aragontis, the leader of the Cloud Riders, realizes that he and his men have no chance against the beast, and also realizes that a giant is being controlled by the Old Shaman. He attacks the Old One, but the Behemoth reacts in time to kill Serge X. However, the shaman is killed as well, causing the monster to run amok, with the rest of the star hoppers of Aduba 3 running to cover. Would-be Jedi Knight Don Juan Quixote tries to stop the Great One on his own, and Hedgy tries to help him but is easily killed by the monster. Han Solo rushes to help Quixote and uses the man's lightsaber to destroy the behemoth, saving the village. Meanwhile, Princess Leia Organa searches the Drexel system for Luke Skywalker who has not been heard from since his transmission was interrupted as he was looking for a new location for the Rebel base. This was a jam-packed, fun action issue. As you can imagine, this big behemoth of a monster really takes center stage. It is excellently drawn by Howard Chenkin and that group of artists. The action is from the jump. What dominates, this was a three-story arc. One was the actual recruitment of the crew. Then it was go out to the village, and then it was this behemoth. And man, let me tell you, this is just absolutely incredible. Now, Jackson, the meat-eating rabbit, is in here in all of his glory. So if you're a big Jackson fan, you've got your fill, is unsuccessful in taking on the behemoth and actually has to be rescued by the rest of the members of the party. The If I have a criticism of this issue and actually the previous issues is I know they're trying to weave in what's going on with Princess Leia and Luke so you still can have their fans satisfied by them still existing showing up in a couple panels but really it it's a bit of a distraction they throw this scene with Princess Leia trying to find Luke right in the middle of the comic it breaks the rhythm of the story I, I wish they had just saved this to the very end 
and did that with the previous books too because it just is a distraction. I know they most likely made a calculated choice that it would be a welcomed break in the action because, oh, we've got Luke and Leia in here. We haven't forgotten about them, folks. We'll eventually get back to them, but honestly, from an editing perspective, I just don't like it. It just breaks up the rhythm of the story for me. And the only thing we have here is one large panel, two, three, four, five. Five panels, that's it, on Princess Leia still looking for Luke. She's still looking, so really not all that effective. When we get to the Don Juan Quixote section here, this is rather comedic. As you can imagine, the old Don Quixote, you know, swinging at windmills and all that good stuff. This old man is overmatched. And very quickly, the old scoundrel Han Solo is able to tactically figure that out and basically goes to save the old man's bacon by grabbing that lightsaber and heading up towards that behemoth. It is a shame that we had our quill-shooting member of the group die the way he did, but he did go out fighting as that behemoth really came down hard on him. So there was consequence for taking on this behemoth, and the deadliness is... There's no punches pulled here. You definitely get that as a reader, that they're really up against it, and it is a grave situation. Han going in with the lightsaber ultimately ends up doing in the monster, and one page panel here really shows that off beautifully. It is an outstanding, outstanding single page piece, like I've said before, almost a poster art done by Chenkin and company. At the very end, we have our heroes having saved the village. The niece, I believe, of the old man, the shaman, or the granddaughter, comes up and really takes a fond liking to the Starkiller kid. And he ends up staying back at the village here, being with her. So they break with him, and they hop on their banthas, and then they start riding off. And you see that they're most likely heading back to the town center back there, the large spaceport at Aduba 3. And I would anticipate issue 11 here being a farewell to Aduba 3 and Han and Chewie off to their next mission. I'm kind of hoping now that we get a little more of the Luke Skywalker and the Princess Leia story going since they keep teasing this in this issue and that it just doesn't continue to be teaser, that we actually do a, a join up with Han and Chewie, perhaps maybe getting a call from Leia to help out because Luke's missing or something like that. I, I just hope that they all meet up because this breaking up of these issues and going back and forth, if there was a little more balance to it, could be effective, but it is not effective right now. It's actually a huge distraction. The art overall is what we've come to expect from Howard Schenken. It keeps getting better issue to issue. Now that we had essentially a team of three pencilers on here, I'm seeing a little more finer detail, particularly when you get into the facial expressions, the up-close shots of the emotional reactions of all of the characters as they're involved, taking in the enormity of this behemoth and really how grave the circumstances are. That is excellently captured on these panels. The action is feverish. You get plenty of laser blasts and, of course, the lightsaber going into the behemoth. That one is just spectacular. Not necessarily gory, but really eye-catching. Really pops off the page. The color scheme here is quite interesting. The backgrounds, the, the use of the salmon color, I, I, I don't quite understand. I, I get the background of the blue sky and kind of the yellow rays here, but I guess this salmon color is supposed to emulate these two suns on Aduba 3 that are setting. So, I don't know. That color choice is 
maybe that's what they had and would translate well better for the inking provided enough contrast maybe it was difficult to find a muted tone for an orange or yellowish sun and it's used actually several times here this salmon color and i'm just not a big fan of that all in all this is a fitting end to the village saga having successfully defeated the cloud riders and then taking care of this behemoth after it was conjured up by the shaman you had consequences. You had the deaths of several characters, including the old man, the shaman, as well as two members of the party. So from that standpoint, it was really grounded in some sort of truth and the fact that, indeed, this was a deadly battle. So from a story arc perspective, kudos to both Howard Schenken and also Roy Thomas, uh, along with our other writer on this one being Don Glott. I think they got that right as far as the consequences were concerned. So kids, as is told here on our very last panel of this issue, next issue, Star Wars continues with the search for Luke Skywalker. So there we go. Finally, this should be the payoff of these teaser panels that have been in the previous issues. And we would love to hear from you once you have read Star Wars Volume 1, Issue 10. Please leave us a message via the Anchor app or send us an email at kirbyskidspodcast at gmail.com. Obi-Wan, take us out. Your destiny lies upon the different parts of your mind. The Force will be with you. Always. This Marvel Legends comic book series is dedicated in loving memory of Charles Lippincott, who George Lucas hired in late 1975 to join the first Star Wars production as Vice President of Advertising, Publicity, Promotion, and Merchandising. To quote George, Charlie was one of the founding pillars of the Star Wars films and phenomenon. He began in earnest the concept of licensing motion pictures at a time when only other company doing so was Disney. Charlie was the one who said early on that we can make this work and was the first person to both develop Star Wars licensing and engage with the fans. He had insights into marketing and public relations that were truly unparalleled. And prime example of that is San Diego Comic-Con today. Charlie is widely credited for setting the trajectory of Star Wars fandom with his grassroots-style convention presentations beginning in 1976, well before the release of the first film. Those early appearances included Mark Hamill, who accompanied Charlie on a promotional tour for Star Wars, this barnstorming of conventions celebrating science fiction, fantasy, and comic books resulted in movie theaters welcoming large crowds of fans on Star Wars opening day, due in large part to Charlie's early promotional efforts. In addition, Charlie sought out the very first comic book and toy deals with Marvel and Kenner, now Hasbro, respectively, two iconic legacies that continue to this day. Thank you, Charlie, for Star Wars comics becoming a reality, and that's what this Legends series is all about. The Force will be with him always.